All right, uh, welcome to this episode of Up in the Air podcast. And with me today, I have Erwin Tape and Leopold Samba. And uh, they're two brothers. And I wanted to get their experiences of growing up African and being uh, Ivory, Co- oh, Ivory Coast in or Co- from Cote d'Ivoire. <laughs> I literally butchered that. But um, but I wanted to like start off and get their experiences. But before we get started on that, I wanted to... Um, them to introduce themselves so uh, I guess one question I could ask is who you are uh, what's one thing that you like to do and what are you known for doing all right uh, Erwin, go first? First? yeah I'll go first so uh Erwin Topeg and uh, I am another person working corporate America out here getting the, the monthly paycheck in my case um, I went to the University of Georgia, studied finance, and have been doing consulting since I graduated back in 2018. Um, so, I mean, I think that's pretty much it on my end. Uh, I like to, to travel. Um, it's always a good time traveling, always good for like, getting to see like other places, culture, and like experiencing it. Um, one of my favorite places I've traveled to has been, been Budapest. It's just, just a fun place, a lot of good time in Budapest. Um, Leo, why don't you tell me yeah. about Yeah, no, I'll tell you, no, Budapest, no, Budapest is crazy, man, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I mean, you know, I already know the vibes there. But, um, yeah, I'm Leopold Mombusambo, or Leo is what my, most people call me. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, but, you know, our parents are from the Ivory Coast. I go to school at the University of Michigan. I'm a rising senior on a pre-dental path, you know, so fingers crossed since application cycle and everything goes well. Um, one thing I like, I love soccer, huge soccer fan. I've been playing since God know when. Um, you know, I've been kick- playing it with Erwin and Bernard, they know. And one thing I am known for, I am known for either one, you know, bringing the energy to a group of people or just being an absolute clown. So, like, just, you just look at me like, right, what is he doing, you know? But, you know, that's me. Yeah, that's facts. Cause like, shoot, I think all three of us, like, even how we even met was the funniest thing of all time, of like, cause I, cause I even met, I met Erwin. Is what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Erwin told me about yeah. Erwin, no, you tell me your perspective, cause I've heard Erwin's perspective. All right. So basically, so I remember. I think cause I met, I heard about Erwin when he transferred from like from Macintosh, and then I was like. And they're like, yo, bro, this is other African kid, bro. This man is, like, super hype all the time, but he's super cool. He kind of reminds me of you. I was like, I'm not even that hype, yo. And I was like, all right, bro. And then so, like, some friends knew each other, and then I met this man. And it's funny because, like, I think uh, a few of our friends knew each other, and then they would hang out. And I was like, all right, bro, so who's Erwin? And so I hung out with him a few times. I was like, all right, bro, that's pretty cool. And then that summer, we ended up, like, hanging out a lot in groups. Yeah, bro, we the, were, yeah, we were, that summer 2014, bro, dude. That that like summer 2013, going into like going to like graduation of high school. That joint was funny because I remember um, we had. It's funny because me and him had this. We had our uh, track coach who taught us English, and that joint used to be <laughs> hilarious because we were doing college grad apps. And this man was out here like. I'm already done with this, yo. Like, it's like, I'm already done. I already made my plan. I'm getting out of here. And I was like, dang, bro, I ain't even thought about college like that. I mean, it's like that. And then so, like, I used to die laughing because, like, he would just be like, yeah, man, 
I I don't even feel like coming to class today, but I'm gonna be done. I was like, hey, bro, all right, bro. And so me and him had like two other classes. We had like a we had an econ class, which I was oh, Bro, this man was like the biggest like clown because it wasn't clown of like him making jokes. It was the fact that he knew econ so well, and I was over the I was on the struggle bus like in the front seat, bro. Oh, bro, bro, yeah. bro, you remember, bro? Who was it? Like, bro, we had characters in that class. Bro, yes, dog. And then like I, I yo, I remember it just used to be a while of a time. And then our teacher was just like, all right, bro, y'all boys are senior. My goal is to just get y'all across that stage, and you they problem now, not mine. And that used to kill me. But what I remember was how I even. So I got to know Erwin better. It's the most African of ways how I got to know this man. <laughs> we were in like a we we're in a uh, American literature. Oh, actually, no, we we're in a world literature class, and we were like reading all different books from across the world. And there was a memoir called "The Long Way Gone." <laughs> long way home. A long, long way gone. Uh-oh. And then we were like, we're like, dang, bro. Because all our friends were like in different classes and me and Erwin had the same class. And we were like, bro, they finally made a book about about the African experience. And it was like, I was like, I was like, me and Erwin were like, bro. They would always look at us and be like, bro. Oh, so yeah, they'd be, well, they'd be reading the book and they'd be like, yeah, they, they say some line and then like turn to one of us just like, like for assurance, they'd be like, <laughs> And then me and Irwin were like, it was like, bro, this is so wildness. The the teacher is like, would anybody like to say this? I'm sorry. I I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I mean, Irwin would be like, man, we ain't doing this today, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. And then, bro, then when I got my license, bro, it was over. Because every single time we would just end up going to like, I would always pick up Irwin before he went to school. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Ron, you like, pick me up like, right? So like, you like school started at like 8 30 and i'll be like hey bernard all right like if you're coming through like i can choose to take the bus but if you're gonna come through <laughs> 7 50 there's traffic like let's let's not be late to school and this man will pull up at 8 20 i'm like freaking out I'm like, late to school. and he's like nah we'll be fine we'll be fine i'm like okay cool all right let's get to school and he's like first let's go to chick-fil-a first i'm like no. <laughs> and it'd be like the chick-fil-a line would just be like out the parking lot. He's like, first of all, like, bro. Bro, then we walk across this because they're like, the teacher was like, at the beginning of the year, he's like, all right, man, you know, I'm kind of lax, but like, don't be too, too late. You know what I mean? And just, if you do come in late, just don't make a problem. And that's why every single time we just stroll in there. Actually, there's a group of other kids that did it too. There was, them kids just show up like 15 minutes late. We're just like, all right, at least two or three minutes late, tops, if, if it was the case. But I'd just be like, nah, I remember, bro. I know you're hungry. I know you didn't eat. You were just rushing this morning. <laughs> this man be like, bro, I'm going to be late for my class, bro. We're going to get in trouble. And I was like, bro, nah, dog. Let's go to Chick fil A, bro. He's like, he's like, all right, bro. But if we late, I'm going to be so bad because it's going to be looking bad on me, y'all. <laughs> so I was like, all right, bro. And then so we'll just do that. And then, like, since y'all old house used to be uh, near Target. Target and then, right behind Target, yeah. Bro, and then when this man got a Target job, that joint used to have me dead, yo. <laughs> dude. Oh, man. Oh, so what happened when I first got that job because it was, like, above minimum wage. And I remember, I remember I worked my, like, first shift, and I was like, I hate this job. Like, I hate this job. <laughs> I think, I think one of the most memorable parts about it was because uh, I would always walk to go to the East Roswell Park uh, to go play soccer. And there was one day I saw Irwin wearing, he, he had, remember his big uh, Echo? Uh, yes. 
who's rocking those with those high top Adidas, pushing like pushing a line of cards. I was just looking at him struggling. I was like, man, or like, hey. <laughs> There's been better days. It's gonna be better days, bro. It will be nah, better days. Nah, bro. What made me dead was like, even how I met you was that one time. It was just like, uh, uh, basically, me and Aaron would always play FIFA because, like, I-, I could never beat anybody in FIFA, but he was like the one I could, I could either beat him or he could beat me. And then so, halfway through, I remember one time you came home from soccer practice. You're like, you're like, bro, you know. I think this soccer stuff gonna be able to happen, yo. And then like you're like, and then Eric comes in, and he's like, nah, bro, you gotta start, you gotta start thinking about college, yo. He's like, bro, I'm in eighth grade. He's like, yeah, man, ain't no, ain't no time to think about college like right now. He's like, bro, where you trying to go to college? And he's like, he's playing. I remember you were like about to play FIFA, and then <laughs> this man broke your freaking day. He said, he's like, he's like, bro, I'm trying to go to the University of Pittsburgh. He's like, Pittsburgh, you got to start doing that research right now, yo. <laughs> Dude, this like, man, oh, my God. I that that joint used to have me dead, yo. <laughs> Dude, I just remember the days, you know, like, uh, we'll come uh, we'll come back. You, you and Earl would come back from uh, school. And you guys were just, like, showing me, like, new music, or, right? Just tell me some new roaster memes, and I will just be dying laughing. It was hilarious. Bruh, dude. And then this man introduced me to Chance the Rapper. I, I just, I had a dis... I put everyone onto Chance the Rapper, bro. You know how many times my auxiliary cord was subjected to Chance the Rapper? <laughs> this was before Colored Books. So it was, like, this is, like, in the precipice of... This is acid rap. Acid rap. Like, it was, like, that summer... Acid Rap had just dropped. I did not know who Chance the Rapper... Well, I kind of did, but I was like, I could not get over his voice. It's ironic, because I was listening to Kyle, and I was like, a lisp or a squeaky voice? <laughs> 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 and so, yeah, dude, it was it was, it was was wild. But, man, that's really funny, because even, like, full circle, now, like, you've already went to school out of state. Now he's out of state, like, doing that. And then it's pretty cool to see that, like, come back full circle. Um, but yeah, dude, how's like you said, like, for example, for you, Leo, living, uh, going to school in Michigan, how, how is that for you? Because you mentioned your dental school major. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, a biomedical science major, but I'm on the freaking route. Um, I would say my time at Michigan has been, it's been as I expected, to be honest, like, you know, going out, going out to parties, it's nice to tailgates, you know, like, it's been fun. It's been very, very fun. And the academics have been like, pretty damn hard i'm not gonna lie but one thing i will say though it's like i was very shocked to see how small the african and also like the african-american community is at michigan like i i you guys know like i was terrible with numbers and maths like percentages just didn't really make sense to me in high school so you know i was looking at the stats and it's like you know four four percent are like african-american students here half of that are athletes so for me i was like oh that's still pretty good like you know like, like there's gonna be a good, a good amount of people out there I come out here and like honestly it's such a small like like pocket of people it's kind of hard to find them but you know i would say like once you do find like once i found that the crowd it was honestly put more at home if that, if that makes sense yeah it does yeah yeah and how about how about for you erwin how was that experience like for you um in college so in college um university of georgia i think at the time was like eight percent black um and then some percent percent of that is like athletes um or ath- they're like athletes um so i'd say like for me it was like because i like it was weird because i was coming from like roswell and it just felt more like roswell 
So it wasn't as like jarring to me. Um, it wasn't until I'd say like I like graduated and started working uh, like professionally where I saw that that eight percent just like drop like significantly where it's just like two percent black in like my professional job. And I'm just like, there's like no black people like around us like at like around me like at all like where'd everyone go? And it's just that's been like kind of like an eye opening like super eye opening like going like working uh, for me. Yeah, I mean, I feel that because I went to like, it's really crazy because I like all of us like growing up in Roswell, it was like super diverse, especially because we went to like a, in the area, our like Centennial at the time was like very diverse. I know you went to like Stars Mill, but like at, uh, at Centennial was like very diverse in comparison to other schools. Because it was like, it had like a lot of variety of people. So you're like exposed to every single um, pocket of all, all types of people. Yes, yes, dude. Like, like even culturally and even like even uh even even character wise too and so um yeah dude it was like a like when i went to college dude it was like a shell shock because it's one thing it was one thing because i went to i went to untraditional i went to like a community school which was like it was different because the um the demographic was a fusion of a lot of people in their early 20s ranging to like parents who were trying to pick up classes for like at the end of the day like trying to like coming from work and then doing a class so like a public speaking class and there would be a range of like high school kids who are trying to dual enroll or like a mom of two who just came from work and she has like a class in the evening and then the thing that was different was like the area I was at. I was in like, I was in Marietta. So this is like when the new Brave Stadium was like built. So it was just, I was used to that, like just being in the middle of town. But yeah, when I went to college, dude, it was different because it was like a shell shock. First, I was like, yeah, I mean, community school, regular college, like what's the difference? It's just college, but not, nah, dude. Living on campus versus commuting to campus is like a whole different animal. Yeah, it switched. It, yeah, it really puts you, uh, I don't know, for me, it's like a, a moment of realization, like, okay, like, I'm really out here doing my own thing, and I'm by myself, you know, you know, it's, it's just like, it comes around in, like, so many, like, different ways, where, like, I, like, be hanging out in a group of, like, predominantly, like, not black people, and from Roswell, because you have that, like, like, heterogeneous, like, population, like, everyone, even if people weren't, like, all hanging out together, like, you knew of all these different groups and knew like how like how like you you were just more aware of like different like how like how to be respectful around like different types of people or just like be more inclusive and then like getting like college and then where just like people are just like it becomes more homogenous and like yeah people, like aren't yeah. Thinking, like oh like let's just do this and I'm like God, like I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah dude yeah that was different dude because I think when I went to college I had a few friends that I knew before for, before that and then um dude, I would even say like wherever you live at when you like especially transferring I would say is one of the harder college experiences because everybody within the first year or the first two years um they've already made friends I was talking to my cousin about this because like He's at UGA right now. And uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, ironically, to bring it all full circle, I think he wanted to, he wanted to go to Michigan in order to be an engineer. But he was like, all right, bro, I'll live. I'll live close. All right. That's a good contrast. But yeah. And so, yeah, up, he, yeah, he might do masters up there, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, besides that, he he was telling me that especially during COVID, 
like his freshman year, it felt like he just transferred in because he would see people, but he couldn't interact with them. And then like, it kind of reminded me of not a one for one, but when I was, when I transferred in, everybody already made their friend groups and he just kind of like had to latch on to whatever uh, friend group that was there. And the living situation, I think that's key because I think within the freshman year where everybody's like uh, intermingling in the dorms and you get to know new people, kind of like, I was thinking about it like in elementary school, how you're like first through fifth grade, you you built those friendships all the way through fifth grade. And then now you're like, now you flip the totem pole and you're at the bottom in sixth grade. You have all these kids from different elementary schools and then middle school becomes like all these different kids from middle school. And so, um, yeah. And so it's, it's basically uh, the same thing um, in that uh, because my, my, my struggle with it was, um, was, was the one of, I mean, where I was living at, I barely knew the people I was living with. And so we never interacted that much. And I was like, man, this is this is tougher than I thought. Like, I thought it was just going to be college. But that 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 looks different. And uh, I wanted to ask you guys, like, how is that? How, like, what are some struggles um, that you guys had faced in college that you were like, wow, this is it's a lot different than I expected? Or some luxuries that you had that you're like, wow, this is even better than I expected? Mm. That's a good question. Um, personally, I would say some struggles I've had, you know, living with people. Um, wow, I would say, well, I've been I've been lucky enough to live with a group of people that are like, very diverse. So I would say, like, in a sense of like being able to relate to them, I haven't had that issue. But in terms of you know, like. You know, small things like cooking or like you know, making sure I pay rent on time. That's been the other struggles. But I would say, like, kind of on a sidetrack, um, I had jo- I joined Greek Life like uh, freshman year, and you know my that second semester of my freshman year, when I really felt this like feeling of like I didn't belong there. Like I was like, okay, I joined this group of people, right? And like you meet so many people within Greek Life, you know, you meet all types of kids from everywhere. But I just felt like I really was a part. I I was supposed to be in that group, you know. So I was in a weird spot because I was trying to leave, but also like they were trying to keep me in. And I was like, ah, like you guys are cool, but I don't really vibe with you guys. And I was also trying to find like new friends. And like that's when you brought up like you know transferring, trying to find new friends. It's kind of hard because at the end of freshman year, everyone already has their clump of friends. So you're just kind of like, okay, at this point, you're trying to like force your way into one group. Be really not a part of it, so you know it was that was a struggle for me. I would say. Yeah. Go ahead. My bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I had like a similar experience where like did Greek life, and then it was like after after I was like I don't think this is it, and so for me it really came to like ahead like sophomore year, um, and sophomore year was when like I kind of sat down and I was like. I need to really figure out like what I'm gonna do with my life. Um, I was like, I'll give my like I gave myself freshman year just like try to like figure something out, just like like go along with things. And like sophomore year, I was like, all right, like let me put my like head down, like I'm going into debt over this. Like let me like actually think think this through. Um, and that's when I realized like the people I was, some of the people I was around were not people I think would have helped me kind of like figure that out. And so it was like a weird like transition to like. I like there's I like like I like you as like a person, but I think I want to go like in a different way, and so that was that was like that was like a tough time for me to like just like 
have that like in my mind like it was like, it's, it's also like similar to what you guys were talking about like a transitionary period where you like i had like this initial like group of friends and now i'm like trying to like find like another set of friends yeah and like like so i feel i felt like a little bit like that i think for me what was different because when i was commuting to school it felt like because it's one of those things where you think the grass is greener on the other side and so when you're at home and you're like commuting you're like oh shoot i'm just trying to get out here as quickly as i can but you don't realize at the time you probably have the best opportunity to enjoy the luxuries that somebody else probably would be like dude i would kill to have certain luxuries you have of like like being able to go home and I don't have to deal with like another roommate or anything like that. It's just you and whatnot. I mean, it has its limits, but for the most part, there was that point. But um, yeah, even with that, like I think for me with with college was uh, was was working alongside going to school, dude. That jo- yeah, dude, that joint was that, that, that's that, that's that's oh my god, man. bro, dude. It's funny. I saw this. I saw this one tweet this past week of this person was like, you know, it's the greatest like. It's like one of the most underrated privileges of college. It's like if you don't have to work while you're in college, dog. That is like the. I was like, I was like, because I would always see, um, like the glamification of like, oh, you know, you have that summer job or you have like a job. You're like, all right, I mean, I guess people kind of work, but then when you like go to college, yeah, and you have to work, and you're like, golly, man, I'm like wasting a whole entire afternoon, and you want to watch college football, and then like you halfway through your shift, like I ain't even get out before kickoff <laughs> or whatever. I gotta wait for the late games or some or sports center, but like it's just like it's different because then. It kind of does. It kind of does build that work ethic. Oh, yeah, I, and I, I love that you bring that up because I think that is something. You know, I, I coming to Michigan where mo- like majority of the students are come from affluent areas, like you know, coming from like an African background. Like, I have to work for what, for what I want, right? Like, I can't go to like my mom or dad. Like, they're just gonna laugh at me. I'm like, hey, mom, what can you give me like a thousand dollars? You're gonna like smack me across the face and get work, <laughs> right? Exactly. So. Like, the fact that, you know, I had to work and, like, also had, like, to, for myself has taught me how to, like, manage my time better. And also, it's, like, it brings a sense of, like, like maturity in a way. And, like... Maturity and just, like, sense of, like, I don't know, like, ownership over things. Right. Exactly. Like, so I, like... No, go ahead. My bad. No, I was just thinking, I was, like, I mean, I'm, like, a few years removed from college, but, like, it's, like, it's, it's like... I would say, like, I have a lot of friends and, like, some of them didn't, like, have the, like, privilege to not have to work or, like, didn't have to do, like, work work uh, in the sense of, like, needing to use that money to, like, pay rent or stuff like that. Um, and it's, like, just interesting how they, like, they, they think back on their, like, college experience and how um, they're just, like, yeah, like, it was easy. I was only poor at half the time. And, like, I think back, I'm, like, bro, I was, like... Like I don't know if you Bernard, you I told you about this, but like Yeah, you told me but I know where you're going. I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly where he's about to tell the story. Like at the Tate Center, there's a Barbarito. I don't know if the Barberitos is still there. Barberitos is slapped, <laughs> but I worked at the Barberitos there. So and I remember the shift out work. I worked um Monday, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I think. So it was like weekdays. And I would work, and I would work those days, and like I'd work the like evening shift. I had all my classes during the day, so I'd like do all my classes this morning and afternoon, and then like I'd have like an hour or two break to like just like chill or like study. And then I was working like that late night shift at like Barberitos from like five to nine. <laughs> that, bro, man, that sucked. That sucked. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> you used to tell me about it, dude. 
Especially, especially of like you're like, dude, how am I gonna go? Yeah, they're like, dude, it's crazy how like even when you're the when you're struggling during those times, how like resourceful you can be in those instances, dude. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah there's like a bunch of like UGA people up here, and I'm like, so I think like two weeks ago, I was like catching the like I was going to brunch with a friend, and she went to UGA. Um, and we were talking, we are taking the bus there because it was like out of the way, you couldn't take the subway there. So we are taking the bus and she was like, uh, my friend was like, I never take the bus, like this is so weird. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like we were like all at UGA, like you had to have taken the bus. She was like, oh, like besides like one bus, I never took the bus. And I was like, did you ever take like the Athens bus? She was like, ew, like why would I ever take the Athens bus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got home. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember 25 bus. Last bus left at like 9.15. My shift ended, like the shift ended at 8.30, but then we'd be cleaning until, cleaning and closed until nine. Like I would like close, clean. Like, and relay race all the way down there. <laughs> nasty plates. And it's like run like halfway across campus to catch the last like 25 bus back to my, my apartment or else I was gonna hit like an hour long walk back home. Yeah, dude. And, and the reason why you did try, bro, that, that ear to pocket te- technique. Oh, like, bro. Hey, bro. Hello? That, bro. <laughs> nah, dude. You, Leo, you brought up something like that was really cool. Like you mentioned about like the, like your, like your heritage and just being African, how that kind of was instilled in you. Can you explain more about that? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and you can relate to this as well. You know, growing up, our parents uh, were very strict on, you know, like not giving us what we wanted. It was more like we had to earn what we, like what we got or like, you know, the reward we earned, you know? So when I came to college and when I saw, when I was like around people where like, they were given the things that they want at any moment, it made me realize at that point, I appreciated the fact that my parents raised me the way I was because I see the way their mannerism and how they interact with other people and even their parents and loved ones. And I'm just, I'm just gonna say, I'm glad to say, like, I'm not like that, you know? Like, even though growing up, you know, as kids, you're like, man, like, I, I'm mad I didn't get the Xbox 360, or like, you know, I didn't get GTA, whatever. At the end of the day, I'm really glad that, like, being African and being raised the way I was has made me the person who I am today. No. Yeah, I can relate to that because I remember, like, I remember for me, it was, it's more so, I remember especially when my parents moved to America. Um, it was crazy because there was times where we didn't even have a car. We didn't get a car until the middle of summer, halfway through the first year. And there was like, bro, this is like when Marta was at his apex, when it was like good Marta. I'm not, I'm not bashing it, but when it was like elite Marta, dude. No, Marta, yeah, Marta, Marta was, dude, Marta Sleep on Marta, man. Bro, dude, bro, when Marta was like A1, like in its heyday, it was like the Uber of like, Ubers back in the day. Yeah, Uber and Uber so Uber. like cause that's like this this how this how long I've lived in Atlanta. I remember when the varsity was good. I'm not even trying to trash it, but like cause we would spend many a yeah, dude. When we would spend, I don't know, it was probably because like I was too young to even tell the difference between good food or not. But around that time it was still good for me. But because uh, I remember what they would do, they would just like my my dad worked uh at a security job at the airport, and so we lived sure. we lived uh, we lived in College Park for about three years, and then after that we moved. But but during that time, before they even had a car, they would like take the bus and they would go grocery shopping in the evening hours. So by the time we would be asleep and finished our homework, and then they would just go take like literally like 
you know, like you know, like the the joke of like the guy who could like pick up five hundred groceries with both hands inside. <laughs> Literally, they were just doing that on a bus, and yeah, they were just because at that time it's crazy because even at that time they're like fearful of oh shoot, you don't want because it's different different cultures because um, I was mentioning it on a previous ep- episode with uh, one of one of the one of the guests that I had on uh, how. Like there's certain things in African culture that are just like, oh, I mean, that just happens. Like uh, we were talking about how little kids can just walk to school, like at like at like yeah. young young ages, and mm-hmm. then, and to them they're like, oh, I mean, it could be the same thing where we, like we could like be locked into the house and then we just go sleep and then they can just go do the errands. And back then they were like, if you were found out, you might call child services for neglect or something like that. Yeah. And so like they, but they, but those are the choices they had in making or make like make sure that we had the best opportunities and possibilities available. And so, I mean, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. My question is like, um, like I think about it and it's just like that, like level of like needing to like grit and grind to like get what you want. Like how, like, I mean, our parents like struggled a lot to like get to like accomplish just what they wanted. And I think like they like, and so do you guys feel like they like instilled like that level of, determination and like can do attitude because of the experience that they had to go through yeah yeah uh for me it's like i i would say that um for starters i think i remember one time there was a pediatrician and he was uh he was he he was i think he told us that he was from um bangladesh or so and he would always say, like, you know, like a lot of times when I've been working this job, I've seen a lot of like immigrant parents that would get like administered, like just for health, like just screenings and stuff like that. And they're like, man, a lot of them have so much stress for like for the amount of things, just the amount of the emotional stress and even the physical stress of like having that burden in order to make sure that their family succeeds. And I think one story that my mom told me, she was like, even coming to America to, for, for them, it was like multiple tries in order to try to get to America and just having that determination to even like make it happen because it was like far-fetched from where they're at. Yeah, no, think right. about it. Like, think about how crazy it is. It's like you like live, like, say like we've lived our entire lives like in this place, like in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta area. Like that's, that's our lives and that's what we understand. And then we just say one day, like I'll choose another example, country as an example, like say we're like Brazil's where the opportunity is that we have to do whatever we can to like get to this like other country where we don't speak the language, it's completely different culture. Like I can I like can't even imagine like how like yeah crazy right. like it is as an experience to like make that decision to go there and to like like raise kids, like it's honestly like not um it's and like, I don't even know how to like a word that states it, but it's just like admirable. It's just like over the like I like I like it's unfathomable like, like that could be a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. It's um it's more of like it's daring almost, you know. It's more way more more than daring. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, because I even think of it in the sense that like because I was able to speak to my grandma, like I had to do a project um, for, for one of my college classes. And like, it was a really, it, it ended up being like a good byproduct of learning more about her life. And then just li- hearing what she lived through and then w- hearing like, you know, it get, yeah, it does get easier with each generation that comes behind, but like there's still struggles that each one has. But it's just like crazy to think that the the framework and blueprint that's 
there for the possibility. It'll be hopefully it'll be easier for the generation behinds and generations and so on and so forth. But it's just it's like you said, like it's it's insane to just think about that because even when my mom was telling me that like even when they thought about coming to America, like the people in their neighbor in their area, they thought it was like the most far-fetched ideal thing to do is like you, America like you know that's a myth it, it's it's exists but it's like so mythical to think that could be a fathomable experience and like um and yeah dude it was like an I was saying like it was an adjustment process living here and just um but I think in a sense like that could becomes like a byproduct of like even us of how we navigate through them as they're navigating because especially when parents have like little kids who like their, their, their sole goal is to make sure they have that opportunity. They, um, they, the kids internally like have those values at an early end, like, in like have those traits or whatnot to an extent instilled in them where that becomes a thing of like, Oh, I don't know English, but for somehow I'm going to have to like that determination is instilled to make sure like you learn it. And so like, it's really incredible. And what so, I is oh, uh, oh, yeah, you're good. Uh, like going off of that, what I really think that's really like great about it, it's the like bond you know these like immigrant parents have with their children is so strong because the kids understand what their parents have gone through to get them to a position where you know where we're at or where their kids are at, and it makes that's and it makes those kids you know that much more driven to be successful and to give back to their family and to their parents, you know. And and I feel like that's why, you know, like a lot of immigrant children are so, they go on to do great things, you know, because they know at the end of the day, like, they're not going to, they don't want to be a disappointment or failure to their parents because, you know, they, they don't want to, pretty much what I'm trying to say is like, they didn't want to be a failure because they didn't work hard enough, if that makes sense, you know? But like, actually, add on question or kind of like a kind of spin, do you feel like there's certain like traits that... Uh, come from like like being raised in like an African immigrant household that are, that are negative. Like I'm thinking like there are times where like yeah for me like one thing that I know I'm personally not good at is because I've been always like still like you have to do whatever it takes on your own merit to get to what you want to do. Like I have a hard time accepting like help from other people because I'm like yeah I can't do it myself and I can't I don't deserve it. And yeah. I will also say um like another negative is you know overworking yourself and also like not knowing when to like enjoy like take a break from things you know like i feel like being grown up in this type of environment it's very go 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 and like you keep working until you can't work anymore and that's just not meant that physically meant that it's just not good for you so i think that's another negative as well or you're gonna say bernard yeah i was gonna say like just to piggyback of that like i think it would be kind of a little bit off the dirt road but basically like a one byproduct of like covid is like having that time to stand still and like that's been a good opportunity across the board for people to you know think about certain decisions that they have in their life or like even moments that they have of like kind of take a step back and realize like what actually matters especially when you can't control certain things and like you mentioned like even just that of um uh just the the overworking and stuff like that it's really cool that you mentioned that because i even remember like um one of the cool things that um, that you mentioned about like not asking for help and especially down that we're in the age of time where mental health um, awareness is at the forefront and it's it's I guess I guess in one way I want to be sensitive of how I say it, but like kind of the um, 
in one way it's it's really it's really cool in the sense that a lot of african kids or even a lot of immigrant kids in general they're like they have all these similar experiences of like how like that topic has always been uh addressed and i think slowly and surely depending on on what what interactions you may have um uh there are certain strides being made but it's like it takes time in order to develop that but i guess what i'm trying to drive across is um like you do mention that like even enjoying what enjoying like your life because i think one of the stressors like i mentioned prior was just a lot of our parents or like uh or even family members have come here it's always been work 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 so you yeah. don't so they don't feel it feels like there's that pressure where they don't feel you or if you don't do good they're their uh their joy or happiness is is, is like kind of tethered to you or whatnot whereas it's in one way um you know you i think this is the one thing though that of like even just having like this um awareness and like even exposure now of just understanding um you know it's hard for them to understand in the now i would say it's hard for them in general it's hard for us in general of just um, work together in order to, you know, have those conversations. It takes time because, you know, it's really hard to get certain, like, especially there's a lot of culture clashing in that exactly. because there's, there's certain ways that we were raised and stuff like that. But yeah. I like, so like, I haven't really like good that you bring up sort of the bigger focus on like mental health and what that means. And I'd say like, I've been going through like uh, my own personal journey and kind of like, realizing certain habits have not been healthy and taking the step to kind of like uh taking steps to like make those make that better um but I remember like how like when I like first started like reaching hurdles in my job and like given that like no one else in my family like had ever done this like it wasn't a very easy conversation to ask someone like hey like I feel like I'm feeling like this at work like I don't know if like this like how I should be feeling does this make sense um, and I remember just simply having a conversation with both like my mom and like my dad and their, their response was like, work harder. Like if you work harder, you'll like go over. And I'm like, in my mind, I was like, I don't think that's like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a prime example of that, man. And another kind of like same, same boat is um, they also, I feel like they try to for, like force you to like go into a, a career path, to, like live out a dream like they want that they already think would like make them happy you know like for me coming into college like my you know my dad and my mom were always thinking like I was gonna be the doctor you know I was gonna be the doctor of the family and you know you live up to that you get you kind of like get tunnel vision to try to like live that like live a dream that's not yours because you're just trying to make your parents happy and you know eventually like I yeah I, dude I had to talk I had to talk with the added mom I was like I don't want to be a doctor and like they're so hesitant about it. like what are you talking about like, yeah you're gonna be the doctor like you can't you cannot be the doctor and then i feel like you know like especially a lot of people in our age who are in the situation they don't have a problem like they have misconduct with their parents and even though it brings up problems with their parents they eventually get over it but i, I like they brought that up erwin because um i feel that's a big issue yeah i think i think for me it's like it's a little bit different because i know like one of my things that my parents had still is like you know at the end of the day it's kind of like my mom told me like the same thing that uh, her grandparents taught her. It's like, you know, I, I can't fiscally give you a lot, but what I can give you is an opportunity and support you in any way that you can do. And like, and, and that looks differently across. Cause you know, like sometimes it's the, 
it's like the, the the different cultures of like how how those um emotions are expressed are differently because like you know like you mentioned like your example erwin about like of like even how you're going through something and how it was addressed and dude like i think that's that's key that's different because i mean i saw this one uh post a while back of uh of how like i think it was, it was wale who actually tweeted this he was like he was like you know it's not that your African friends are like super cold or anything. It's just literally, it's like, it's when it, you're, it's like you're raising that culture of like, you know, it's like, Hey bro, like nobody's going to feel sorry for me. I got to get this one way or another. I got to get it as I get it. And like, and it's like in one way you're like, you don't even think about it. Cause at the time you're like, man, this is like, I mean, this is how it is. Like, you know, you don't have, you, you gotta make, you gotta make things happen in that sense. And like, um, yeah, personally, that's like been different because, you know, I think that's the one thing I'm learning of even in this day and age, like being removed from college and whatnot of just, you know, everything's everything has its like you you have your own personal journey that you go through and it looks it's not even linear because, you know, shoot, we're living in the middle of like the big pan, the big Panera bread right now. We're not even like <laughs> we're not even like <laughs> we're not even it's like we, there's so much you can't control and even even that of just knowing that oh shoot you can make plans you can make all these things in the future of where you should be and i was having this conversation with my mom about it now that you mentioned about like keeping your decision to go to dental school about how um for example she was saying that one of the things that could be really bad that she realized that she kind of like learned it's it's you you kind of like learn you unlearn those behaviors or you unlearn those things yeah. um she said she mentioned to me it's like you know in the beginning when me and you were having conversation there was a lot of friction there's a lot of like misunderstanding and stuff but like we were working on that in order to like learn better and there's certain things that i am your mom like i can tell you i can encourage you to do but i can't be i can't I, there's certain skills that i don't have that other people do. And so she was the one who actually encouraged me to like even seek, um, like even going to a counselor like at school and utilizing that because she's like, you know, there's maybe there's things I don't know, but I would encourage you to like look that out. And even like in this past year of like, like personal stuff going on and stuff and just seeing how much that like, that that is very true because there's so many burdens, like even our parents have of like, that they have it, it looks different for them because I mean, yeah, they've, they've made it here. But it's like there's a toll for them to like that they feel like, you know, I have to I have to also in in of myself not only make sure my kids are successful, I gotta make sure I have my own success too. And that looks differently for, for everyone because it might not be fiscal, it might not even like be working uh five, like fifty or sixty hour work weeks or whatever the case is, it might be looking differently. And it, it depends on what your idea of success is and I think like as these conversations are happening, you have more like opportunities to like even bridge the gap a little bit. And so I think that's like one big takeaway that I've learned with that. And just um, especially with that, because it's helped like even with certain relationships of like understanding of like how my parents grew up and what their time was like that and then how they were raised and how their parents like were able to get those point across. And it's different. And it's a huge, like you said earlier, it's a huge adjustment moving to America and like being around with like a, like literally there, the, America is so special because of this is the only place where I think all these cultures can come together and it not like implode 
in, in, into something else. Like it's to an extent, yes. To an extent, yes. But like, like if you think about it, like all like it, it, logically speaking, there's no way like all these people should ever like be able to like you know live in that way where they still have things that, like we're not like in anarchy or anything like that. Like depending on who you ask, but like for the most part, like <laughs> I think like depending on which extremes or whatever, but. Um, it, but it's just there's so many things there are so many people and so much like uh different things that make america unique and it's so hard to like adjust to it it's 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 hard to adjust to it but it is like there's a lot of opportunity and it looks differently across the board for everybody I and mean, that's that's how i that's how i um my 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 viewpoint is on that for the most part yeah so i i i want to ask you guys this question um so you know, like, I'll always bring back to our home country, right? And I want to, like, ask, like, when you guys, like, when you go back home, do they view you as, like, an American or, like, as an like, as an African? Uh, Ern, you go first. I just talked. <laughs> <laughs> of the time, um, I remember I was, like, stopped uh, at the Ivorian <laughs> airport, and they're, like, yo, like, in French, they're, like, American, like, what'd you bring us back? And they like looked at my last name, and honestly, like, in like French, you if you pronounce it in French, it like makes more. They're like, where? So you just left the country? Where are you bring us back? And so there's like, that experience. But like with like family and like people who I talk to, um, it's like this weird in between. And like, let me know if y'all feel the same. It's like, all right, like, not fully like African, but but like you're not fully African, but you're also not fully American. And so it's like this dual personality that you feel like always balancing. Yeah. Like when you're like in, whenever I'm in Ivory Coast, I'm like, I feel at home, but like also not at home. And then whenever I'm in the US, I'm like, I'm at home, but like, I'm not at home. It's just, it's, it's, it's a weird, weird sense of like, never being fully at ease. At ease yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, I think for me, it's, it kind of is like it's funny you mentioned the airport situation because I had one too, and they're like, they're like, "Hey, man, I see these American passports. I know you. Ha- I see that Kenyan one, but I saw that American passport on there. It's like, it's like y'all got money for us? Y'all, y'all got a little bit of something, bro? These boys are like ready. Bro, they're always they're just like, bro, what you got for us? I'm like, bro, I ain't like, hey, bro, like, hey, bro, I go to the candy bro. store for you. I don't have your candy or whatever. Like, they're like, hey, no, I mean, you could just give us a little fifty piece or whatever. And I was like, nah, bro. And it's like, hey, bro, that's crazy because he's uh these wait times going to be surprisingly long right now. And so, but, but yeah, like you, like you would haggle them, dude. I literally, when I'm like in Kenya, dude, I, I make my, my, uh, my going outside by myself out like in, in town a minimum because I'm like, Hey bro, I had to go with somebody before I get gypped. Cause like one of my friends, he was a missionary there and he told me that one time he was like, he had run out of toothpaste. He just went down. He's like, hey, bro, I got to find some toothpaste somewhere. And he's like, he was American. And he lived in, um, yeah, he's in Roswell. He went to high school. But he was saying that, he was saying that, like, he went outside and he was like, all right. So he was in, in his American accent. He's like, all right. So uh, how much is, a, uh, how much is a tube of toothpaste? He's like, oh, tube of toothpaste, you say? And it says all there is like, it's like, it's like a $1. They're like, mm. Tube of toothpaste, ten dollars. Ten dollars. Would you like to do this? Ten dollars. Well, I gotta pay ten dollars. He's like, oh, come on, you're American. You have money. It's like it's it's the same thing. Like uh, in that other facet of like for me, I like oh, I don't hey, I don't. I I just remember a story, man. Go Leo, ahead. Oh, you got finesse. 
What? Oh, me? Yeah, with the uh, with the phone. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was a crazy story. Everyone, like, all right, yeah. No, everyone like gets their like finesse lesson. Yes, bro. Never again. Like never again. Dude, uh, I, well, I mean, I would expect like, like first and foremost, uh, who gives a, a seven year old like a BlackBerry, and then. Erwin being Erwin's like, yo, I'm not going to charge your phone, bro. So, like, you got to find your own charger. Like, I'm in desperate need of a charger. And I go to this party. This guy's like, oh, yeah, like, I'll definitely charge your phone. And me being an American, like, an innocent child, like, it's our first year in, in Africa. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, like, like okay, like, go charge my phone. Taste my phone. And I, you don't see him again. And, like, ever since then, dude, like, it, it taught me, like, not to trust people as much as I do, right? But... Yeah, dude, I had a similar one. Dude, I went to like, because it was like, it was before, yeah, it was before senior year. So I went to Kenya before senior year of high school. And mm-hmm. and so I brought my iPhone 3GS at the time. That was like, I was like, ha ha, I got myself, I'm not shooting no greens. It's all blues for you. Yeah. And so I get there and then like my phone dies and like it freezes. And so I was like, bruh, so what am I going to do now? Right. And so my my cousin's like, all right, bro. Uh, there's like this little like this, this little cell phone kiosk. This guy can look into it. He can like fix it. And I was like, all right, bet, 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 bet. And I was very hesitant. But I was like, all right, bro. I'm gonna exhaust all my options and before like anything happens. So we get there, and then dude comes up. And he's like, man, I don't even have one of these charges, but that phone looked nice. Like. I could trade you for one like it, right? And so, like, you know how it says iPhone on the old ones on the back of it? It would just be, like, yeah. iPhone or whatever. And so his was, like, his said, he's like, bro, this is, I got a phone that's exactly like it, bro. It was, like, he was, like, risky off of uh, Everybody Hates Chris. He just goes, <laughs> back and just goes get something. And then he, like, brings up this phone. It has, like, the Twitter logo. And he's like, hey, bro, I got the new iBird. That That's an iPhone, right? And I was like... No, and then, like, and then he's like, <laughs> my man had like the it looked like a it looked like a MS MSOS system or something. It was just blacked out in the background. It was just like in Tetris font or whatever. I was like, bro, this ain't even an iPhone. He's like, bro, I mean, I can buy that one off of you. He's like, nah, I'm good, yo, I'm good. And he's like, he's like, bro, I mean, I mean, for real, I can do it. I was like, nah, we good, <laughs> right? So we go to the store and like, bro. And that's the thing about even exchange rates of going to different countries, dude. Like that's something you learn too of like mm. of like certain prices. And so we went to a store and we saw an iPhone there, bro. They were they were like they were bro. they were bro like original iPhones, bro. They were out here like selling them joints like 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 basically like for eight hundred dollars US, bro. I was like, nah, bro. My little three GS. I mean, I can just go in there, and just make a quick <laughs> flip, right quick. Know what I mean, <laughs> bag or the phone. I'm conflicted. <laughs> yeah, bruh. But that was the thing, dude. That's like that's like one thing of like even when I go to Africa, especially like it's different because there's this. I think y'all can like talk about this, uh, but there's this like uh, weird. I don't want to say weird. I think it's weird to us, but for them, they don't have any other thing to relate it to. But of when you're in America, there's this presumption that you've already made it. And you have like, yeah. <laughs> like you have like amount on this on like you have income on the disposal. They're like, so man, so I mean, I see that picture. That's the reason I barely even put any photos of like anything like exorbitant or whatever on my IG. Because like there are times where like my my cousins be like, "Hey, bro, I see you got that new whip, bro." So like, that look expensive. You got money like that? And I was like, no. 
he's like, bro, I mean, you can like send a little bit or, or not even just sit. It's like, bro, I didn't know you were rolling like that. How come you never give me something? I was like, <sighs> bro, that con- bro, that conversation, like all it's, the time. It's, it's always lovely when, you know, you get a WhatsApp text. Like, a oh, your WhatsApp, bro. Yeah. Like, they hit you up like, like, hey, it's been a while, man. You know, like, I'd really appreciate it if you could send me a couple hundred or, like, you know, if you send me a friend, Jordan. So I'm like, bro, like, I'm struggling to get some breakfast right now, bro. Like, <laughs> you can buy Jordan, dude? Like, come on. It's like, bro, I see how you is. I'm trying to get like you. I was like, I'm trying to get like me too, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just be like, nah, bro. Like, that always gets me, bro. But yeah, like. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, but like you know, that's that's one of the things. Like, I still like would like to visit. It doesn't negate the fact that I like to visit there time to time and even like see how life is because it's like a really cool, interesting experience to have both of that, of like the duality of like living here and there. And I think that's like one thing personally. I feel like it makes like it makes it's like a really cool thing that not that many people um, can can say that they have of just being able to have um, those experiences. Uh, beyond ones that know and it, it just it's really funny how you can even relate even like the immigrant experience even with people who are not even like African like people like for us we're not even from the same country but I can go to like and talk to like my friends who are like who are like from the Latin countries and be like yo dude I had similar experiences like that too bro and they look like you live on the other side of the map like there's no way we should be able to like have anything <laughs> in common but it's crazy how that that works too yeah yeah, yeah it's the uh, second you know like uh, second generation paradox of immigrants right too white for you know the black people like you're too black for the whites like you're just like it's just in this little circle of people that can only relate to you somehow yeah yeah dude. cool it's really cool yeah any uh last remarks you guys have or anything like that um no honestly i'll, I'll first and foremost bernard thank you for having us this is actually it's such a dope setup bro like hey not gonna lie bro from from walking in the snow with with, with some shorts, bro. Oh God, I, 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 no, okay, fine. We gotta tell that story, bro. We got. I, I think we can end on that story. Earl, you want you want to ramble about this one? You saw it. You were, it was live. I was live. Right? I, was, I was there live, bro. I'm a, it was like, the, it was like 2014. Oh no, it was, it was oh, bro. This is snow apocalypse day. Yeah, it was it was mid snow apocalypse day. Yeah, it was 2014. Yeah. It was like the one like. Snowstorm that I'm shut not, down Atlanta. One snowstorm in Atlanta, like once every like like five years, and so like it snowed, and then like the school was shutting down early, so they were like, "All right, y'all, like if you, however you can get home, get home." So it was me, Bernard, and we had like a friend, and we were like walking, and so we're like walking, and that day I don't know what came over you, Bernard, but you were like, "Bro, no, because I don't believe I don't I never subscribe to." Atlanta, like, cause you know, Atlanta be like, Atlanta be having like 500 seasons in one week. And so I was like, and they said it was going to snow. And I was like, nobody even go snow like that. That's crazy. And so <laughs> I literally would have driven my car, but like, you know, uh, broke high schools, dude. And I was like, man, I gotta go get my tires. I ain't trying to be sliding across, <laughs> sliding across Holcomb Bridge, bro. I'm not trying to be like, Wait, so you thought it was going to snow. No, my dad told me not to take the car because he's like, hey, bro, look, these these premiums going to get high because you're still in high school, my boy. So, like, so he was not <laughs> having it. But, yeah, so I was like, all right, bro, I'll, I'll, I'll go take a bus. I was feeling elitist. I was like, man, I got to resort back to the D-Leagues. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, continue. I would, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll fill in the patches of where you slip up. Oh, no, no. So, anyway. Oh, my God. 
there's a snowstorm and this man Bernard decides it's a great idea to wear a pair of shorts. So he's like, we're all like bundled up and this guy's in a hoodie and shorts. And we're just like, cool, let's kick it. So we start walking back home and we're like walking through the neighborhoods and then just like, we're just kind of like, did a, like just like playing around, just like taking photos of the snow. And then we're like about to walk, like walk past the intersection. And because it's snowing and no one in Atlanta knows how to drive in the snow, there's like traffic everywhere. So we're trying to cross this intersection. Yeah, we even saw a car wreck. Cause I remember we saw a car wreck and I, man, bruh, bruh, bless this girl. But she was out here like, I just got this car. My mom's gonna kill me when she find out about this. I was, I was like, like hey, bro, I'm not even trying to laugh, but I was like, damn, that, man, that's bro. Tough. I was like, that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. And so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so we like, we're just like walking, just like traffic. And then as we're like walking past this like car, like to go over the intersection, this bro is the most like Atlanta thing, bro. This guy rolls <laughs> down his window with his phone in hand. And no, 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 bro, no, bro, no, it's snowing. It is. It, it's well. I mean, I'm the I'm the last person to say it's snowing, but uh, it's yeah. snowing. Yeah, and this man, snowing, like, bro, it's snowing. Like, I know you ain't got shorts on right now. And then, bro, he just like points you out, like just like, and start cooking, bro. This man, like, he had me muted. He had me well done halfway through that roast session. He's like, my boy, you ain't not wearing shorts in this weather, my boy. And I was like, I didn't say a word. I couldn't even say anything. He was like, bro, remember when he like he like stopped and he came? He like went back in his car and then came out with his phone. Yeah, he's like, hold on, hold on. I gotta take a picture of this. And then he walks back into his car because it's like gridlock traffic. This man's like, hold on, you can't. I, I, I got it. I got nobody's gonna believe this. Wait, was this on a Holcomb Bridge Road? Bro, this is all like you know, like uh it's on uh it was on Brumbolo. It was on Brumbolo, dude. Oh, oh, Ferry, bro. And so this man was just he literally he was like, I bro, I gotta take a picture of this boy. And then so he literally goes in the car, he's like, chick, chick, chick. hey bro, you wild boy. <laughs> I know you ain't wearing shorts. But if someone oh, on Twitter, bro. Bro, so, I, I, bro, I thought it was gonna be a trending topic. I was like, please. I was like that Marge Simpson meme where she's like trying to hide her face. Homer <laughs> Simpson goes into the bushes, come yes, out. Yes, bro. I was like, and then like after that, I had to be like, hey, bro, I'm not trying to have a round two. So I was like, hey, Erwin, you got some sweatpants, bro. I can, I can borrow these shoes right now. <laughs> <laughs> and bro, the shoes I was wearing. And this is the thing y'all didn't realize after I left y'all house because they were like, hey, bro, everybody, everybody not gonna be able to get. Because I remember we walked. I remember this because when we walked, everybody else who did leave that day, they got locked into. Yeah, locked at the school. Bro, they locked them until like 7 p.m. that night. Imagine school got out early because it snowed. It was like it was, it was supposed to get out at like 11:45. Bro, them joints were like, they were like, hey, bro, it's gonna be a risk for the buses to take y'all. So the buses left. Then they were like, uh-uh. And then they brought them back and they <laughs> called the parents. And I was like, bro, all right, P. And so yeah, dude, after I left your house, I had the sweats and Black ice in like the south is probably the worst thing. So I'm like crossing uh where e or East Roswell, like from like where the Rite Aid was to East Roswell. Yeah. So I cross over, I'm like over here, like shooting because like, it was like it was like black ice. I was like, nah, bro, I ain't, I ain't trying to have a round two today. I'm not trying to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh bro, ever since then, bro, bro, ankles have been covered in the snow, bro. Ankles never <laughs> never that dude. No. Oh, man. Crazy. Yeah, dude. But yeah, man, I really, uh, that was a good way to wrap it up, but I really appreciate y'all taking time out of your day uh, in order to join us on this episode. And uh, if you liked 
that episode, you can always follow us at Up in the Air Podcast on Instagram, on Anchor, Spotify, and Sound. Uh, oh, Apple, Apple, not SoundCloud anymore. Apple. I think Apple. we upgrade. We upgrade. You know what I mean? You <laughs> But yeah, that sound stuff. Yeah, man. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but as always, thank you for checking us out and uh, thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you.